0: 1778, 178 heading 360 wind 36012 360, runway 34 left for takeoff. Delta 1731 turn right heading 350 on a one right click for takeoff. Resident Iron 248, it'll runway 16 left, click for takeoff, going 737, 10, mile final. 26167, turn left, heading 220, and we play right from Mike Mike, clear for takeoff. Delta okay. 2296, turn right, heading 360. Runway 30 right, clear for takeoff. What's going on everybody, welcome back to another episode of Clear for Takeoff, my name is Jason, and i got some good stuff in the news this uh, past week or so, gonna get right on into it, I know I say this every week, but this one is in fact gonna be shorter, at least I hope so, uh, last week went a little bit longer than I expected, I hope that so you guys don't mind that, but uh, yeah, if you do, let me know, it, uh, on the Facebook page, on iTunes, whatever, yeah, all your suggestions are greatly appreciated. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get right on into it here. Uh, you guys might have seen in the news it was all over the place uh, recently. But we had a little bit of an incident at the Las Vegas International Airport in Nevada a few days ago. A British Airways flight 2276, Boeing 777, with 159 passengers, 13 crew members, uh, was planning its route and taxiing out getting ready to depart to Vegas, going to London Gatwick Airport nonstop. Uh, long flight, never done anything inter- international like that, but I, can, I know plenty of people that have. It. It's a long trip, so uh, as you can imagine, they're sitting out there at the end of the runway and whatnot. People were getting there. Phones and tablets and computers all lined up for the what I imagine is probably eight or ten or so hour, maybe more than that uh, long flight. So, taxing out to the end, and all of a the sudden there was billowing black smoke and orange flames that could be seen pouring from under the plane's wings, which sent the passengers quickly fleeing from the aircraft across the tarmac before 50. 5-0 firefighters could respond and douse the inferno. Airplane set on fire. Um, it doesn't appear at the moment at this point to be malicious in any way. The, uh, the FAA at this point has reported uh, that the plane's left engine caught on fire from some reason and an investigation is still currently underway. Uh, there was somebody I, I heard on a story somewhere else that there was a, a couple of witness accounts that said uh, that they heard an explosion, like a, a, light, a, a loud bang, prior to the uh, smoke and fire. But that has not yet been confirmed. Fire officials said that uh, 14 fe- 14 people in total were taken to area hospitals on Tuesday. Uh, but all just for minor injuries, mostly resulting from sliding down the uh, big inflatable slides, trying to get away from the airplane. It's a pretty incredible. I've seen the the videos and po- photos And that all over the internet right now. But uh, you should definitely take a look at the the footage is is wild. Um, pretty pretty scary stuff. it, uh, it you know it, firefighters it says here. On the uh, story that I got, the story is all over the place. This one happens to be uh, from CBS News, but you know it was on every news channel wall-to-wall for a while. Says here that firefighters stationed at the airport reached the plane within two minutes after getting the call, and within another three minutes, everyone was out and away from the aircraft, and then they were able to extinguish the fire. The cause of the fire at this point, the Clark County Deputy Fire Chief states that the uh, cause of the fire is not completely clear yet, although it does appear to have started at the plane's left engine, and it did not appear to have breached the cabin, so that meaning that there were not any exposed flames inside the airplane anywhere, uh, which is probably why everybody was able to make it out safe. That's exceptionally lucky, for sure. It, uh, the incident caused one of the four runways at Vegas International to be closed, although it did not inhibit any operations as they were still able to use the other three uh, while this issue was going on. Pretty interesting fact here, though. Uh, in the 21-year service history, the Boeing 777-200 series, which is what this British Airways flight was, has only been involved in two fatal incidents in history. And the, the interesting thing to me is they're all recent history, or they're both recent history. The only two times that the 777-200 has ever been involved in a fatal incident was in July of 2013 when three or three passengers were killed on the Asiana flight that landed short at the San Francisco International Airport. I actually happened to be flying that day. Uh, we were, my dad and I were coming home from... Uh Washington, I think. And uh, we were supposed to go into the Bay Area, not to not San Francisco in particular, but into that part of the, the state. And we just heard the, the mess on the radio as they were trying to figure out what to do with the airport and delays and uh, other airports were, were closed because they were over capacity. They couldn't take any more airplanes. It, it was pretty crazy. And the, so then... That was uh, one, and then the only other incident that has ever resulted in loss of life in a 777-200 was the Malaysia air flight that disappeared last year. Uh, and as I reported on a few weeks back, they have identified some parts of that um, off, the, uh, off the coast of uh, Africa, I believe, between Africa and Australia. Uh, that do belong to that airplane, but those are the only two incidents. So recent history, out of 21 years, it's not until recent history that's been involved in, in a loss of life. Um, like I said, it didn't infect the operations at Vegas International. In fact, Vegas is still the ninth busiest airport in the U.S. It had nearly 43 million passengers last year. They're taking steps to accommodate more of these international travelers seeking direct flights to Europe and Asia, including adding new gates to accommodate the wide-body and double decker jets like the 777. So, everybody made it out safe. Thank God. Um, that's going to take more than a little buff and paint job to fix that one. Next story comes from avweb.com. Another incident. This one wasn't uh, technically an accident of any kind, but was an incident. New, relatively new charter company by the names of Wheels Up. For those of you that don't know, a chart uh, in in the corporate aviation world, a charter company is uh, more or less like renting, um, not necessarily renting a car. It would be like having a subscription to a limo service. So. You pay into the limo service, let's say, for instance, it's um, $10,000 a year, for whatever the case may be. But you can call and say, I need a limo to go from here to here on this date and take six of my friends. And they'll do it on that sp- on the spot. That's basically how charter works in the aviation world. It's a little bit different, but it, you, you pay into it, or you buy blocks of time, or you buy a package, or whatever. And then you just call and say hey, I want to go from uh, San Francisco to Aspen to go skiing, and I need an airplane big enough to take eight guys and all their skis. And they make it happen. So Wheels Up is a, a charter company, relatively new, and their intent is to build uh, most of its business around a large fleet of King Airs, which are um, large twin turboprop airplanes. But it has started flying Citations uh, in 2014, a nice mid-range uh, corporate business jets that Citation makes a very large variety of jets, but they're, uh, they're, they're kind of a lower mid-range as, and when it comes to price, I mean, you look at Gulfstreams and Falcons that are north of $25 million, that's, that's not what we're talking about. So anyway, two pilots and five passengers were on board a chartered wheels up Citation XLS, which is, uh, <laughs> it's actually my dad's favorite airplane, but uh, that he's flown. It's a super nice uh, cabin class what they refer to as a cabin class jet, which means the average six foot tall person can stand up comfortably in it. Um, great airplane, really you know fast, comfortable, roomy, and obviously you're flying in a private jet. so how bad could it be? But they uh, they were on their XLS and they had some anxious moments on their, uh, their flight from San, Fra- San Francisco. That was just by coincidence. From San Francisco back on August 6th, and they were en route to Drummond Island Airport in Michigan, but they didn't make it very far. Climbing, to th- th- uh, climbing through 2,000 feet after leaving San Francisco, the cabin door opened, the one behind the cockpit. Cabin door opened, but it didn't leave the aircraft, uh, and that's actually by design, to a point. The from my from my knowledge of citations, the vast majority of the doors open forward. So as they swing open, they would swing towards the cockpit. And obviously, if it comes just you know unlatched or, or released, uh, the airflow would keep it pushed back. It, you know, if you open the other way, it would rip it right off. So cabin door came open, but did not detach from the aircraft. The Air traffic control uh, transcripts reveals that the, the pilot's telling the controllers, quote, I got to hold the aircraft, we cannot climb, end quote. The pilot tells the controller that he, uh, he needs vectors and frequencies to make an instrument approach because they're, they're now in the clouds, but has declared an emergency because the open door prevented the business jet from climbing, and the pilot needed both of his hands to maintain control of the aircraft as he declared the, the emergency and asked to return. So uh, they started vectoring him back around, and a short time later he came out of the clouds, and they, the crew was able to make the visual approach, you know, looking out the window, uh, back into San Francisco. <laughs> little uh, little stumble here is it says it's the Citation turned base, you know, just for lining up with the runway. A controller reported it only had one main landing gear down, but it turned out that he mistook the hanging door for a gear leg, the gear worked normally and was all down and locked as it's supposed to be. It uh, was just seen incorrectly from the tower. So another one safely executed. This stuff happens all the time. Uh, not doors opening, but incidents and whatnot. But you know, at least we're getting good news out of these that they're uh, not having not having any issues. Um, people are getting away, walking away safe, and and whatnot. So. That's enough downer topics. There's some cool technology uh, coming out. This isn't fixed-wing airplanes, but we don't discriminate here on Clear for Takeoff. If it flies, it's good enough for us. Uh, some of the stuff I've flown doesn't doesn't really fall into an airplane category as much either. It looks like lawn chairs with a weed-eater motor, but that's a different story for a different day. A helicopter robotic heli- robotics company... DARPA, which I'm not sure if it stands for anything. I can't find in the story if it does. But the helicopter company wrote DARPA has been conducting experimental demonstrations with a robotic landing gear system. They've been doing these demonstrations on an other, uh, uh, otherwise unmodified unmanned helicopter. That they that way there's there's no risk. And it has successfully demonstrated the ability to land and take off the helicopter from terrain that would be impossible to operate from with standard landing gear. So the problem with helicopters, or the good thing to helicopters is because they can land and take off vertically and out of really small areas. And that is they're used for search and rescue and uh, exploration and you know stuff like that. And they can go to you know, mountains, and streams, and canyons, and they'll, you know, they can go pretty much anywhere they they want, which is really cool, but for the most part, a helicopter has to land on a flat level surface, because it's got these uh, metal, steel, or, or aluminum, or what have you, uh, skids, they look kind of like a, for those that they're, you know, I, there's lots of different helicopters, but the vast majority have skids, kind of like a like a uh, sled that you would see in the snow. Um, some do have wheels, but that doesn't really solve the problem either because they still got to be basically flat and level. So if you go to rescue some people off the side of a mountain, well, you can't land. So it makes extracting the people that much more difficult because now the pilot has to hover really close to the mountain potentially having issues with hitting the rotor blade on the ground and stuff like that. So this company, DARPA, has figured out a way with robotic landing gear that has uh, force-sensitive contact sensors in the feet to land on uneven and not flat terrain. As part of its effort to provide such a breakthrough capability, the story says, they've conducted... Experiment, experimental demonstrations on the, of a novel robotic landing gear system. The adaptive system replaces standard landing gear with a four with four articulated, jointed legs that are able to fold up into the helicopter's fuselage while in flight to increase speed and reduce drag. And during landing, each leg extends and uses its sensors to determine in real time the appropriate angle to assume. To ensure that the helicopter stays level and minimize any risk of rotor touching the landing area. Absolutely incredible, the pictures are so cool looking. This thing looks like some kind of transformers spider thing or whatnot, but they have it. They have it literally landing on like a bank, you know, at an angle, and the legs on the high side are much shorter and upright. And the legs on the low side are extended in that, and it, the helicopter is perfectly level. It's pretty cool. It says here, along with comprehensive dynamic simulation and structural analyses, the demonstration flight conducted near Atlanta, Georgia, indicated numerous potential benefits, including reduced risk of damage l- during hard landings, by as much as a factor of five compared to conventional landing gear, because they're jointed and articulating, they can flex and move more than fixed uh, a solid structures can. Stable landing and takeoff on sloping terrain up to 20 degrees. That's pretty damn steep. Uh, more than twice the current limits. And on craggy, boulder strewn, or otherwise irregular terrain. So, not even the fact that it's sloping or whatnot. But you could literally, as far as I understand You could, you could take like four boxes, let's say and Let's say one of the boxes is one foot tall One of them's four foot tall And two of them are two feet tall And you could land this helicopter on those four boxes And each of its four legs would change its position and length Appropriately to leave the helicopter level So it's not just landing on a hill You can land on uneven terrain with that uh, ship landings in violent seas are, are supposed to be uh, safer, again, because of the articulation. It's like having shock absorbers, but it, you know, if, the, uh, if the boat's continually moving as the helicopter makes contact with the surface, it, uh, it would notice that the ship's deck is changing its angle constantly, and so these legs could just keep going up and down, leaving the helicopter perfectly level at all times. And, uh, and significant increase in capabilities with only a moderate increase in landing gear weight. Obviously, they have to uh, make them strong enough to support the changes in shape or uh, in load. You're gonna have the weight of the actuators and suspension and uh, motors and all that stuff to put them up into the fuselage and whatnot. But pretty interesting technology. It's uh, I love seeing where somebody's crazy mind comes, you know, sees a need and, and comes up with something compelling to, uh, to actually fix it. So we got here another story from the Delta News Hub website. Kind of a, a heartwarming story, kind of a sentimental story. It doesn't mean anything to me, to be honest with you, but it's uh, for Delta employees. You know, if there's any Delta employees out there, they may have actually interacted with this. Uh, not this specific incident, but the uh, the airplane itself. It says here that uh, it says today. This was a few days ago. Uh, this past week, Delta retired the very first Boeing 747-400 series that was ever built for a commercial airline. Delta had number one of the of the most uh, at the time the most modern 747 ever built. And this past week, they retired it after its final flight from Honolulu to Atlanta, Georgia. Delta Ship Number Thirty, correction, Sixty Three Zero One. That's the airplane's uh, serial number. Made its first flight with Northwest Airlines in December of nineteen eighty nine, and has since then, including the merger, uh, including the merger with Northwest and Delta. It has since logged more than 61 million miles, which is enough distance to make 250 trips from the Earth to the Moon. As if this airplane could actually make it to the Moon, but that's pretty cool. If it, I mean, you think, you think about 61 million miles that they've put on this airplane since 1989. Known as the Queen of the Skies, The 747 has uh, become, in modern times, one of the most popular and recognizable aircraft. It was first made, or when it first made its commercial flight 45 years ago. When the first 747 made its first commercial flight 45 years ago, excuse me. Critics thought the aircraft would soon become obsolete, as designers believed that supersonic aircraft would be taking over the skies. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The number one hurdle stopping any more progression in, in commercial aviation related to speed is money. And they found out that that's exactly what happened here. The four-engine jumbo jet revolutionized the ind- industry with its exceptional long-haul flight capability and sheer size nearly three times larger than the largest jet flying at the time it uh, the 747 ushered in a new era of international travel with luxuries and at one time features such as spiral staircases to the upper deck and standalone piano bars this is a this is now commonplace in the 747 -8 the most the, the newest of the 747 models, as well as the Airbus A380, the largest commercial airplane in the world. Um, the A380 in, in particular has its own actual sit-down bar upstairs that uh, I'm not sure that everybody can partake in. It might be a special, you know, first-class kind of thing, but you can literally go upstairs and sit down at a, at a bar. It looks like a regular... Swanky nightclub kind of bar With a bartender and what not But the 747 40 some years ago Ushered in that level of luxury That uh, was never the case In air travel The improved 747 400 series Featured a new glass cockpit Which means it had computer screens Instead of round dials like your speedometer Tail fuel tanks Advanced engines And a new interior the 400 series model is called the, quote, high-tech jumbo to distinguish its advanced features from its predecessor, the, quote, unquote, classic jumbo of the 100 to 300 series. 400 series have been flown from the U.S. to numerous long-haul destinations, including Amsterdam, Tel Aviv, Honolulu, Shanghai, Seoul, Tokyo, Manila, and Manila during the past 26 years. It says here, as Delta continues to modernize its fleet, and improve its Pacific network, the airline plans to retire the remaining 12 747s it has in its fleet by 2017, replacing them with smaller, more more fuel-efficient aircraft that will enable the airline to operate a wider variety of routes, particularly in Asian markets. No doubt the 787, in my opinion. I don't know that for a fact. That's not on the record. Um, But I would not be surprised if the the little brother 787 is going to take over uh be, just because of its sheer efficiency that new wing the new GE engines there's only two of them instead of four it's equally as fast it will go further it'll go on far less fuel and with just about as much room so and and it's got all the latest and greatest technology so that's my assumption I will guess that it will go to the 787. It might go to the new Airbus uh, A350 extra-wide body, but uh, I'm not sure. It depends on where the the market is for uh, domestic versus foreign jets. It says here that ship 6301 uh, was flight 836 from Honolulu to Atlanta and... Now that it has arrived and is fi- has completed its final trip, it, uh, it is scheduled to take one last journey in early 2016 to the Delta Flight Museum, where it will become the latest a- aircraft exhibit and serve out the rest of its days as a paperweight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's really cool, though. Twenty or uh, Let's see, 19, yeah, 26, 7 years now. And uh, 61 million miles. That's, that's incredible, to say the least. So I got one more story here for you, hopefully to let me look at it. There we go. Got one more story for you here uh, before we go for tonight. Like I said, it's going to be a quick one. But a report from Fox News, I actually saw it work the other day, so I had to look it up uh, a couple days ago now. It looks like uh, Thursday or Wednesday-ish. Tuesday or Wednesday, it looks like. On Fox News, they're reporting that the chairman and CEO of United Airlines is stepping down from his post, and it's in conjunction with an investigation into the airline's dealings with the former chairman of the agency that operates New York area airports. So basically, I I don't know all the inner workings. Like I might be able to pull some of it out of the story here, but um, basically it sounds like there's some... Shady in cahoots uh, coup, you know whatever slogan you want to use for it, excuse me, going on between New York airports and the uh, chair of of United airlines and it's it got sticky and it uh, got leaked out to the media and the public and it doesn't doesn't show favorably on United Airlines, so the guy is bowing out you know it's amazing that this is how. We solve these things in uh, in today's society. You either do one of two things when when something unfavorable in the media shines on your company, you do one of two things. You either pay the person off that's you know claiming they're gonna file a lawsuit or wrongdoing or whatnot. So you pay them off so they go away and be quiet. Uh, or the person in charge or whoever was involved just bows out, takes their settlement, and goes home, and nobody is the wiser. And that's the interesting thing for me in this story with the CEO of United Airlines stepping down, is he's walking away pretty pretty, uh, pretty healthy here. It says in the Fox News story, uh, a filing on Tuesday with the Securities and Exchange Commission described the terms of chairman Smysek I want to say his name is pronounced excuse me if I'm butchering that the, the terms of his separation agreement he will receive from United Airlines a separation payment in the amount take a guess take a wild guess I know you guys can't guess in real time with me here but you know if you got if you left your job let's say for instance you're working a a year nine to five corporate job. Your severance would be what? Maybe at most a year's salary. I'm not really sure how severance works. I know it's different at every company, but I mean, it can't be a ton. Now, Mr. Smysik will receive from United Airlines a separation payment in the amount of $4,875,000. Nearly five million dollars in severance and that's not it just wait there's more and it will remain eligible for a pro-rated bonus smysik will have health insurance until he is eligible for medicare and maintain flight benefits on united airlines and parking privileges for the remainder of his lifetime but wait there's more He also gets to keep his company car. That is just insane. So not only is he walking away with almost $5 million in cash, but he's got his company car, which no doubt is probably, you know, some Mercedes of some, you know, something or other. But then he gets to drive that car that he doesn't have to pay for to the airport where he has a parking spot with his name on it, more or less. I mean, it might just say employees or what have you, but he has a parking spot. He doesn't have to go through, you know, paying $10 a day for long-term parking. And then he gets to go get on the airplane and go anywhere in the world he wants. What the heck? Shady business practices. Gets called out. Media comes down on him. Oh, I'm going to take my $5 million and get my car and go home. It, it, it's just crazy. It says... uh it says here that the United Continental Holdings Company said that Jeff Smysek and two other senior executives had resigned, and, had resigned and railroad executive Oscar Munez was named CEO and president. United disclosed earlier this year that the company and some of its executives had received subpoenas from a federal grand jury for information about its dealings with the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. United said it was conducting its own internal investigation. Former Port Authority Chairman David Sampson's activities have been suspect of document requests from the U.S. Attorney's Office, or have been subject of document requests from the U.S. Attorney's Office in New Jersey, including Sampson's votes on United Airlines projects at Newark Airport at the same time United was restarting flights from Newark. To Columbia, South Carolina, near where Sampson has a vacation home. Oh, coincidence! I don't think so. Probably not. Maybe slightly, but I doubt it. Sounds like they got a little bit of insider trading going on here. United began about about twice weekly direct flights from Newark to Columbia, South Carolina, that began after Sampson became chairman and was canceled days after he resigned last year. Seems oddly suspect. Smysek was CEO of Continental Airlines before it merged with United in 2010. He's been under pressure for several years as United was slower than Delta Airlines to return to profitability and also suffered several embarrassing computer outages, the latest in June and July that led to large numbers of delays and canceled flights. Smysik also agreed to corporate uh to cooperate fully with united quote in the defense prosecution or conduct of any claims or investigations which relate to events or occurrences that transpired in quote whilst mic was employed that's not a legal statement i don't know what what is anyway so it's just it's it's insane this this guy was involved with this Sampson, a former state attorney general of New York, that was, that then became the former port authority chairman. And the guy had a vacation home in South Carolina. He's like, Hey man, you know, try to get some more routes coming down this way so I can ride first class back and forth, you know, probably for free. I can't, that's allegedly, I can't say that on the record, but You know, and then, so he's like, okay, man, well, well, here you go. Oh, you don't have your house anymore and you resigned? Okay, well, we're probably going to have to stop these because they're not making us any money, you know. And here it all comes out. And the guy steps down and takes $5 million and goes home. So there you go. That's (laughs) that's all you got to do in this world to get ahead is shady business practices and then resign. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, (laughs) There's a... there, There is something to be said for the honesty always paying off in the end. He might have got his now, but uh, it, it'll all come back around to some point. So that's going to do it for tonight. Like I said, a little bit quicker, a little bit shorter time. I want to try to keep them a little bit shorter like this. It makes it easier to listen. You know, I, I listen to podcasts too, so... I know what it's like to have one just drawn on for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever. And sometimes it's just nice to have these 30 or 40 minute rapid fire ones, you know, while you're at the gym or driving to work or what have you. So I hope that's what I could accomplish for you guys here. If you liked it, let me know. Um, You'll see on the Facebook page that we're promoting the iTunes site much more now. That's the only way I get any kind of credit or recognition for you guys listening and participating in the show. So I really appreciate If you go over to iTunes search for clear for takeoff, I'll have it linked on the Facebook page and in this uh, episode on SoundCloud, go over there, rate us whatever you think is fair. Five stars is awesome, but whatever you think is fair and put a comment, put a review. It really, really helps us out. It lets people know that we're legit. You know, what I'm trying to do here is not just some Friday night or, Saturday night on some weeks um, Shamble, you know I'm, I'm really putting in a lot of energy here A lot of effort And I, I really enjoy doing it So I would appreciate the support And any suggestions you have Stories you find Things you, you're you not sure about Questions, or, you know, concerns, what have you Put them over there on the Facebook page Facebook.com slash takeoff. It will it'll be linked in the bottom As will all the stories from tonight If you want to check them out in further detail And share them around uh, Go see the videos on that british airways flight catching on fire that was pretty wild um and go read some more on that uh, that helicopter and its spider legs that let it land on all surfaces so pretty cool stuff but uh yeah that's it for me like i said my name is jason facebook.com slash takeoff itunes cliff takeoff soundcloud over at overcast FM. you know where we're at i appreciate you guys listening and i will see you next week